Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 21, please. And give me some grace today because I I drove down the mountain and I'm uh, tired. Okay? No? No grace? All right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Ben. Father, we thank you for your word and how true it is, Lord. It is the our ultimate guide and gauge for life and godliness. And we pray that your word would minister to our hearts this morning, that you would strengthen me to deliver it, Lord, that you would help me to rightly divide it and to uh, that you would bring to memory the things that you've taught me. And may you give us all humble hearts in this room to receive it, Lord. Remove distractions, Lord. Bind the enemy. Bring conviction where it's needed. Um, bring strength. Bring healing. Um, pour out your grace, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so today is the day, right? We are celebrating uh, the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It is, it is that week that comes every year where we commemorate our Lord Jesus Christ going to the cross for our sins and and, um, and so it is a beautiful time of year, and it, and it should always be, you know, a time where we're reminded to, you know, um, be the people that Christ wants us to be, and, and to respond to his great sacrifice on the cross. It is a triumphal entry, because he entered into Jerusalem that week in order to take away the sins of man by dying on the cross. So it is an amazing time. And in our story, as you know, the Passover is approaching, and Jews from all over the world are heading to Jerusalem uh, to commemorate when God saved them from the bondage of Egypt. They're coming from all over. In Exodus chapter 12 is where the story is given. Uh, where God was going to judge the Egyptians uh, for, uh, for, the, for Pharaoh's wickedness towards God's people. And so God was going to kill the firstborn of Egypt with a plague. But to protect his own people, God told them to slaughter a lamb without blemish and to take some of the blood and to place it on the doorposts and on the lintels of their of their doors, of their homes, and when the plague came by, if he saw the blood, the plague would pass over. And so God said to them in Exodus 12, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so God said that the blood will be a sign. It is still a sign today. Jesus came and shed his blood on the cross to save us from our sins. And those who have faith in his in the blood of Christ, the wrath of God passes over us. And so uh, this Passover is the most 
amazing, unique Passover in the history of Israel because it is the Passover where the Messiah gives his life. And Jesus, as you know, when John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan and Jesus came to be baptized, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of of the world. Paul the Apostle would say it wonderfully in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus is our Passover who was sacrificed for us. Amen? And so this Passover, like I said, it's like no other. Uh, one, because Jesus, you know, uh, is coming to die for the sins of mankind, but also because uh, the news of him has been spreading. Uh, throughout uh, Israel at this time and and especially now at the Passover word has gotten out about this Jesus of Nazareth he, uh, uh, for three years he has been preaching and and teaching unlike the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes who, who preached without authority he preached differently powerfully and with authority and he healed people and and his fame was going uh, all over the world, and especially in Galilee. Galilee was his headquarters. And Jesus, speaking of the works that he did to John the Baptist's uh, disciples, he said, this is, this is what's happening. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And so... His fame is, is rightly going out. No one has ever done these works. And, and it's a beautiful thing. People are astonished. That's why this is a different Passover. Uh, they say that, that as Jesus went towards Jerusalem, that, that there, there had to be just a, a good representation of Galileans because he, he was their man. He did most of his works in Galilee. And so there, there must have been just a... a Many pilgrims coming from Galilee uh, singing his praises because of these things. And yet it's interesting that Jesus had commanded those that he healed, remembered during his ministry, not to say anything, to keep it low key, keep it quiet. And, 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 and uh, because his time had not yet come. The time for him to come out open as the savior of Israel had not yet come. So he kept telling people to not say anything. And uh, we read that in Mark 7, that though he told them, they kept telling, uh, they could not keep it in. In Mark 7, verse 36, it says, Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. And so he, you know, he told them not to, but it was, they were astonished. Imagine I, being blind, but now you can see and deaf, but now you can hear lame and now you can walk. It's hard to keep that to yourself. And so uh, even with his disciples in Mark chapter 8, verse 30, when he asked them, who do men say that I am? And they responded, some say you're Elijah, some say, you know, a prophet or whatever. And, but who do you say that I am? And remember, Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of God. And, and it, it, it says in Mark 8, that he strictly warned them not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. So there was a Time for everything. God's timing is perfect. 
And God's time is right now. We're here for a, a reason. God's not playing. God is a holy God who knows divinely what we need. And for some reason, God has brought us here to Sweet Hills this day. And that's how we should look at our lives, that it's divinely uh, being uh, you know, orchestrated by our Lord. We have our free will, but we got here. Amen? But now it is the time for Jesus to come out. And that's why um, historically it was such an amazing time for the Lord. He finally is going to allow you know, the world to recognize him, to see him, Israel to see this is who I am, I'm the Messiah. And, um, you know, remember when he, you know, with the 4,000 and the 5,000, when he turned the little bit of fish and bread into, and fed them all, and how they were all by force going to make him king, and he said, you know, he just wouldn't allow them. But now, for the first time, he's allowing them, because it's God's timing. This is why he was born in Bethlehem. It's God's timing. This is why he came to save man from their sins. And so, the prophet Daniel had prophesied that the Messiah would be cut off, cut off, at this point in history, and so Jesus is fulfilling Daniel's prophecy as well, that he would be cut off, Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself, but for who? For us. Amen. And so God's timing is now. And so verse 1 we read, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethage, uh, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied, and bring a, a, I'm sorry, a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And so, um, this is a beautiful aspect to the, the triumphal entry story, Jesus coming in, because it shows that Jesus is Lord of creation, that he's divine, that he he knows where to get the things that he needs in order to fulfill scripture. He tells his disciples to go, you know, into the town opposite you and you'll, you'll find a donkey and her colt tied and, and, uh, and unloosen them and bring them to me. And if the owners ask what you're doing, tell them the Lord has need of them and they will send you. They will let you take them. And there are some who believe, well, it must have been people that Jesus knew and he kind of, you know, pre-planned this or whatever I tend I believe that this is just Jesus and, and him being God and him uh, uh, knowing all things and setting things up for for them uh, to to fulfill scripture and uh, and so we know that that the Lord knows the things that he needs to fulfill scripture but he also knows the things that you and I need for our lives and that Jesus can divinely lead us and point us into the places that we need to go or in the things that we need to receive in order to fulfill his will in our lives. God knows your situation. He knows what you need. And if he feels strongly enough that you and I need it, we can get it through the Lord. 
He will make it happen. He is Lord of all creation. And I like the fact that he, that, that he tells them, tell them that the Lord has need of them. And as the Messiah, Jesus has the right as the Messiah of Israel to ask for whatever he wants. He has that right. Would you agree? Is Jesus king of kings? So our king can ask for whatever he wants. Would you agree? Yeah. Tell them the Lord has need of it. That's all you got to say with, with the owners of the donkey and the colt. That's all you got to say to that guy. The Lord has need of it. And that guy is, loves Jesus enough that he's going to let it go. And that's who we need to be. Remember, Lord, help us to be the type of, of, of Christians, those who believe in you, that if you say you need something from us, if there's something that we have that you want, that we're willing to say, okay, and give it to you. And, and what the Lord wants from us is our lives. He wants our heart. And then maybe the keys to our car. But he wants our heart. And there are those who, who call themselves Christians and they're not fully surrendered yet. Jesus doesn't have their heart. Jesus can't just say, yeah, I need you to not do this, but do this. And so we want to, to you know, self-examine ourselves. Are, are we a, a people that will give Jesus whatever he wants? That when he, he tells us to jump, we say, well, Lord, how high? And just to be willing to give him our all. We were bought at a price. We don't belong to ourselves. You know, you look at his ministry for three years. He's preaching the kingdom of God. He's telling people, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the, that's the message that Jesus preached, which preachers aren't preaching today. Churches aren't. They tell people to repent. Are you kidding me? They'll leave our churches. Exactly. There are churches failing to be churches anymore. We're in the last days. The message is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. How many people left and said, no, thank you? Because if the Messiah asked them, they're not willing to go. They're not willing to, you know, follow me. Oh, let me go bury my father first. Let me go. I just bought a field and I, I you know, some property. And, you know, what did he say? You know, those who, uh, who look back and, and plowing are not fit for the kingdom of God. He, if he's called you and you love him, then forsake all and follow him. Because that's what we see in scriptures. Time and again, people who were healed, people who were blessed, they followed him. Others, he healed them and they didn't follow him. Others were like moved, but not that much to give up their lives. And it's clear. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and I do the things that I ask? That's Christianity. You know, they, you know, someone said it, I read it a long time ago, but that discipleship isn't the gain of all things. It's the loss of all things. It is the loss of all things. I, I shared with you that I'm tired for a little bit of sympathy, but... Whether, whether, whether I'm tired or not, I'm going to give you my best because I love the Lord and he's called me to preach. When, I, when I'm tired and when I'm not tired, that's what in and out of season means. Preach the word. 
How about you? Do you do you follow Jesus in and out of season? If he says to you, I have need of you, I have need of you. And how many people just don't listen to that? It's 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 tough. And if you don't have that passion, is that like on, on your top prayer list? Like my number one prayer request to the Lord is passion because I don't want to do anything for him. I mean, to me, that's legit. I think God sees that and, and says, well, at least you're being honest with me. We can't change if we're not honest. Like, I don't want to serve. I don't want to, I just want to, I just want to, like, go to heaven and I want you to answer all of my prayers. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up sin. I'm not going to live for you. I'm, I'm going to, as long as it's convenient for me and as long as I feel awesome and with energy, then I'll serve you. I mean, I know it seems harsh, but it's, it's pretty biblical. Discipleship. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, you know, when he fed them, the multitudes, oh, I'll follow you anywhere. Really? Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. His, his head. Jesus thinned out his church. He thinned out the crowds. They were following him. And he just... And, and when he knew that they were following him for stuff and food, not because they truly felt a need of, of repentance and change for their sinfulness, he basically would thin out the crowds by saying, you know, stuff like, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's like, we're gone. We're gone. And, you know, um, it's still happening. So, Lord, help us. Give us a passion. Give us a willingness to be your disciple, which is not the gain of all things. It's a loss of all things. He who wants to save his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So why, why do I even bring all that up? Because of the guy who said, yeah, sure, have it. There's my donkey. There's the colt. Take mama and son. Donkeys. And they went. He is Lord of all creation. And how that colt did not buck the Lord off or jiggle him off is another neat thing to consider. It's because he can tame him with the word. And he can tame us with the word. He can change us. Yeah, but naturally I buck people off. You know, not this time. Not this time. All this was done, verse 4, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. That's Zechariah 9, verse 9. And so Jesus is fulfilling just a, a, this prophecy of hundreds of years ago that Zechariah prophesied that, that the Messiah would would. would go into Zion and you read the psalmist so many times say may salvation come out of Zion out of Zion out of Zion such a special place Jerusalem um, but he is fulfilling this by going in lowly on a donkey and uh, you know rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you he is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey a colt uh, the foal of a donkey and so uh, a, a colt was a symbol of peace and so Jesus he was the king of Salem the king of peace is riding in uh, bringing peace to the souls of men not peace between Israel and the Romans 
but peace for their souls if they will believe in his, his work on the cross. And so it's a beautiful thing. Zechariah, in his prophecy, it's, 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 it's addressed to the daughters of Jerusalem. It's addressed to the daughter of Zion and little girls in any society who are the weakest. In every, if, if women are called the weaker vessel, well, then what are our little girls? In any society, a little girl is the, is the weakest in our, in our society. And God is saying to the weak, your Messiah is coming. To those in need of strength, to the weakest of you, I say, he is coming, your Lord, low, just and lowly, bringing salvation. And, and Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the weak, for he makes us strong. Weak in what sense? Weak, weak, weak and broken and, and um, poor spiritually as in without you, Jesus, I'm lost. Without you, Jesus, I cannot go to heaven. Without you, Jesus, I cannot live. God says, well, there, come on up. That's, that's who he came for. But those who are, who are, who are rich spiritually and, nah, I don't really think so. Not for me. Maybe. See you on Christmas. See you in, on Easter. Maybe. That, there's nothing but pride. That's someone, and it doesn't matter how much money they have, they are basically saying, I'm, I'm cool. I'll pass. I don't need your Jesus. And I don't need, you know what I mean? Then that's, What's happening? That's the difference between a believer and, and those who are lost in the world. But some of us claim to be a believer. Some of us say, yeah, I believe. But there is no Jesus hitting you up for the keys of your car and you saying, okay. There is none. He's got to get you on the right day, at the right time, if it's convenient. And that's not good. We commemorate this time of year, the day of his death and resurrection, we, we commemorate it so that we can remember what it's all about. That to follow Jesus is to lose our life that we might find it. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I ask you to do? But he is the king who's lowly and, and just and bringing salvation. We talked about it uh, last week in Romans 5. That we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a king of peace. That's what he does. He brings, he, he brings sinful man and a holy God. We, we, you know, reconciliation. You know, a broken relationship. Where we, before we came to Christ, we were at, at odds with God. We were his enemies. But through Christ, he brings us back together. He heals that relationship. That's what the word peace means. This is what he's bringing. That's what they need. Not political freedom not you know salvation from the romans but salvation from themselves he is the king of peace and he also gives peace to us who have accepted him you know they cry out hasana which means save now and the king of peace, how many times do we cry out Hasana? It is the days of Hasana, Hasana today and every day of our lives. Save now. I need peace now. King of peace. I need to experience peace in this storm. I need to experience 
uh, uh, peace in this hardship, in this devastation, in, the, in this poverty, in this hurt that I'm in, in this relationship, whatever it is that is bothering us and hurting us, the King of Peace also gives us peace when we cry out to him. And he's lowly. We talked about the, the, at the retreat the, the war against the flesh. And uh, James 4, verse 1 through like 17, talks about it as well. Where do wars come from? They come from within, from your pleasures. Right? You seek and do not have. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you might spend them on your lust or whatever, your pleasures. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.